Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air today. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything that's on your heart, mind, anything going on in your life that you'd like some perspective from a biblical perspective on. That's what we're here to do. The vision of the show here is to give you an access to pastors who are able to answer your questions and pray for you. We have a whole community of people who tune in every day to hear this show, to pray for the prayer requests, and to hear uh, biblical answers to common questions that are on your heart, the things you're dealing with. Uh, in life today. So give me a call. The number is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Or text us 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. want to welcome those of you who are tuning in here in Colorado and in Wyoming on Um, Grace FM. We also want to welcome those of you who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. And we also want to welcome those of you who are listening in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. Welcome to the program. Just a reminder that those of you tuning in in the area on Hope FM and on Truth FM, you're hearing this show on a one-week delay. But what we would love for you to do, we'd love for you to call in with your questions and your prayer requests. And then you will have the opportunity where it's kind of a unique and cool opportunity where you guys will get to tune in a week from now and you will get to hear yourself on the radio. Now, you could be, you know, you could say, well, who are these people who want to listen to themselves on the radio? Well, actually, guys, this is a really cool opportunity for you. And here's why. Because it's not just about you hearing yourself on the radio. It's about that is a golden opportunity for you to tell some people, friends and family about the station and to share Grace FM with them. And hopefully they'll become regular listeners and God will minister to them through the teaching, through the worship music uh, on this program and all the other programming that goes on on your local Christian stations. So we really encourage you guys on the East Coast, just remember that you're here in the show on a one-week delay, but do tune in, do call in, uh, call in with your prayer requests. Text us. We want to hear from you. The number to call, 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Um, big hello to everybody also who tunes in online. We know there are so many of you, a growing audience of people uh, tuning in online. And... We um, want to hear from you, so uh, give us a call. Those of you who also who are tuning in online, 303-690-3000 or text us, 720-336-0897. Uh, we want to uh, 
We want you to know that there are two ways that you can tune in online. Uh, you can go into your browser and you can go to um, gracefm.com and there in your browser you can watch the show or you can listen to the show, I'm sorry, or you can also get our free app. So go in your um, app store for Apple or for Google Play and you'll be able to download the app uh, for free just by typing in gracefm. Or sorry, gracefm as one word and it'll come up right away and you can get that app on your device for free and then you can listen anywhere in the world. And speaking of that, we have many listeners tuning in right now. I just got a uh, screenshot of where everybody's tuning in from. So we have a lot of listeners on the West Coast and Washington State, all over California, up and down the Rocky Mountains into New Mexico and even parts of Arizona. Looks like some Midwest listeners, of course, and then some East Coast listeners. Looks like we've also got some international listeners in Ukraine today. So welcome to the program, wherever you're tuning in from. Remember, this is a show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or things going on in your life. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to pray for you. So give us a call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720 336 0897. Just a few words about myself. My name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. And we are a Calvary Chapel affiliated church here in this city. And we meet at 9 and 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings at 2950 Colorful Avenue here in Longmont. And we actually just moved. We moved a few months ago now. We actually moved in March. We uh, got a new facility. We've been working on this for a really long time, praying for it, that God would open up doors. And just recently, um, God did open up a great door for us to move into a perfect facility. It's everything that we had always asked for and prayed for and hoped for. But that was also right when the COVID-19 pandemic hit really hard. And so we had not been able to use the facility, at least for having people in person for church until this past Sunday. So this past Sunday, we had our very first in-person church services here at our new church building. And, you know, we kept all the guidelines for um, the state of Colorado that they've given us. We kept our distance. You know, we limited the capacity. We added services. But it was great. And it was glorious. It was even uh, better than I hoped that well it was, it was as well as I hoped it would go it was even better than I expected it to go as far as just there was a spirit of celebration and a spirit of like look at what God has done and how far he's brought us it wasn't exactly the grand opening that we had hoped for we hope to do that at some point soon have a big grand opening and uh, fill the place up but only when it's safe to do so of course with the COVID vaccine so we uh, would love to have you come out we have plenty of space in here for uh, for you if you would love to visit and we w we want to have you so if you're looking for a place to worship the Lord this Sunday and you're up in this northern Colorado you know Boulder Weld County southern Larimer County area we would love to have you um, check us out online you can get directions and everything whitefieldschurch.com whitefieldschurch.com and let me give you the address again for those of you who maybe want to look it up or you want to write it down. The address is 2950 Colorful Avenue, Longmont, Colorado, 80504. Now what that zip code means is that we're on the east side of town. So we're just on, we're just east of County Line Road and Highway 119, which is also called Ken Pratt Boulevard. So 
Ken Pratt and County Line Road were just east of there. So there's a big new hospital right on that corner. We're east of the hospital, north of the Walmart on 119, and actually directly north of Sandstone Ranch Sports Complex here on Ken Pratt Boulevard, Highway 119. Over there at Sandstone, maybe you've been there for festivals. It's a huge complex with soccer fields, football fields, baseball fields. They have a um, skate park there for the city of Longmont. So we're really in a, in a great area. We're excited to be here. God's blessed us with a, a large facility, and we can't wait to fill it with people to worship him again. Uh, last Sunday was just such a blessing, and this Sunday will be too. We're currently studying through 1 Kings chapter 11. That's this coming Sunday. So we've been studying through the book of 1 Kings in a series that we've called Desiring the Kingdom. And um, there in this study, what we're seeing in chapter 11 this coming Sunday is that Solomon, uh, really all of his compromises, his life has been characterized by compromise. And all of these compromises come to kind of a culmination and it turns into apostasy. It's a really, really sad story in one way. Uh, and yet it's a, it's a really important story for us to see. But the good news in it is that your story and my story can end differently in Christ. The one who did end the thing that God called him to do. He brought it to completion. That was the thing with Solomon, right? He started out well, but he didn't finish well. And that's what we need to remember is that the end matters more than the beginning. How you finish matters more than how you start out or if you stumble along the way. How you finish is so important. And by the grace of God, our story, your story and mine, can have a different ending than Solomon's did in Christ. So that's what we'll be talking about this Sunday. We'd love to have you 9 and 11 a.m. You can also join us online. We know so many of you um, are looking for ways to worship online. Maybe you're not ready to go out physically yet or you're, you're looking for a place to worship online. We'd love to have you. You can tune in on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. You can also tune in on other channels, for example, our Facebook page, our YouTube page. We're live streaming at both 9 and 11 a.m. on Sunday, and we'd love to have you tune in for that. Hey, you can also hear me every weekday here on Grace FM at 2.30 p.m. and Sunday mornings at um, 10 a.m. here on Grace FM. Our sermons air every weekday, 2.30 p.m., Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Our show is called Life in the Field, and Life in the Field is a reference to how we live our lives on God's mission field, which is the world. So we'd love to have you tune in for that as well. Let's go to our first caller, Janelle in Colorado Springs. Um, hi, Janelle. Welcome to the program. Hi. Good afternoon, Pastor. Good afternoon. I, I have a question that I have long, long wondered about. Okay. In the book of Job, where it says that Job said, the Lord has given and the Lord has taken away. And then it's careful to say Job sinned not and he didn't charge God foolishly. Mm -hmm. But later on in the end of the book, around chapter 38, God starts really reproving Job for some of the things that he had said. But then at the end of the book, he tells Job's friends, you have to go and have Job pray for you because you haven't spoken the thing that is right of me as Job has. So my question is, is everything in Job to be taken as something that God inspired him to say or are parts of it his own musing and not what God would have had him say or what? 
Yeah, I would say that they are Job's musings because there's a point at which God kind of rebukes him. He doesn't really say that Job said anything wrong. He just tells him to kind of shut his mouth and stop talking and just kind of be still and understand that God's ways are higher than his ways and that there are going to be some things that God does that God is not going to tell him why he did them. What's so interesting about the book is that you and I kind of understand a little bit of the reason behind why God allowed those things to happen to Job, but we're not actually ever told that Job was told those reasons why. And this is a really important thing for us to take note of because it means that there will be times in our lives when things happen and God may not give us the answer of why. You know, sometimes we think, okay, maybe I just need to wait a little while until God tells me why. But I think there are a lot of times when that answer may not come. And the question that Job's, the book of Job poses to us is it kind of gives us a peek behind the curtain so we can see what was going on, what was the purpose behind God allowing this. But it, it challenges us to ask the question, even if God doesn't ever explain to you why, even if you, you never get the answer, will you be okay with that? Will you trust in the character of God, even when you don't understand the actions of God or the allowances of God? Okay, that brings me to part two of my question then. Okay. How do we sort out in the book what is Job's speculation and what we can actually take at face value that he says about God and life and death? Yeah, no, that's a great question, and I don't know if there's a black and white answer, but I will tell you that I think that in order to do it, you have to take the things that are said throughout the book and compare them with the character of God as it's revealed in other places of the Bible. And this is called canonical theology, which means that you're using the whole of the Bible in order to develop your theology, right? As opposed to another uh, way of approaching the Bible is it's called proof texting. And proof texting is not a good way to do theology or to um, look at the Bible. I mean, sometimes it's helpful, right? Because sometimes the Bible does speak just unequivocally, super clearly in a what we call a proof text. But it's much better to do canonical theology, which means that we take the whole of the scriptures and we use them in order to compare each compare against each other and to interpret each other, right? So when we read something like Job's friends come along and they say things like, you know, Job, this has happened to you because, you know, basically to summarize, they say, um, we all know good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people. So if this happened to you, that must mean that you did something wrong. And Job says, no, 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 I promise you, I didn't do anything wrong. And they say, well, we don't really believe you because that's just how this works. Now, we can take those statements and we can look at them. And we can say, well, no, that doesn't match up with the rest of what we know about God throughout the Bible. So I wish it was an easy answer where we can say, just listen to Job, don't listen to his friends. But in both cases, actually, there are times in the book, and I can't remember any specific instances, but there are actually times when his friends say things that are true. And so, like many of us, I think this is, this is where I think there's beauty in the book of Job, and, um, and that's in this, that it's true to life and it's true to humanity, that all of us are a mixed bag, right? So sometimes I probably say and do things that, are, that make God happy, and he says, exactly. 
And then there are probably times where uh, God looks at me and says, eh, not, not exactly. <laughs> so I think that it's, it's more difficult, but in the end, more rewarding than having just a simple rule to follow. We actually have to do this long process of canonical theology. But as we do this process, we grow, right? It's a lifelong task of seeking the Lord, knowing the Lord, and, and, and asking, okay, wait, is this right? Is this wrong? Now, I have, you did an awesome job answering my question, by the way. Thank you. I have one quick prayer request. I have a friend who's very, very ill, and she and I are looking for as inexpensive an apartment as we can get to share together. I really feel like the Lord would be pleased for me to help her and be with her. And um, so we're just asking for the Lord's will in that I'm widowed and she's single. So we feel like that it would be the Lord's will for us to kind of be together and I could help her that way. So I'm just asking for God to make a way for that. Okay, let's pray for that. Heavenly Father, I lift up to you Janelle and her friend as they're looking for a solution for housing and just wanting the best, Lord, wanting a situation that will be mutually edifying and will meet both of their needs. And so, Lord, we pray that uh, you would make a way for this to happen. Lord, we pray that you would open the door, direct them to the right place, and we pray that you'd bless them. And Lord, as uh, she seeks your will in, in regard to your word, Lord, I pray that you would just minister to her heart and help her to get to know you better. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Have a good afternoon and be blessed. Awesome. God bless you. Thanks for calling in. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is a show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything that's on your heart, on your mind, that you'd like to discuss from a biblical point of view, or perhaps you'd like to receive prayer for something going on, on in your life. We would love to do that for you. Give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. So we had a, a text message come in. Someone asked me, um, I'm looking for it real quick. Okay, how were the in-person services? What precautions did you take? And uh, did people need reassurance, etc.? Yeah, so, you know, like I said, I, I was prepared for it to be very awkward, you know, people wearing masks um, and and not a, really a celebratory environment, just more of an anxious environment. Um, that is what I had talked to some friends and and some of them had said that. In fact, in fact, almost all of them had said that. And instead, and it was, might be partly because um, because of the character of our church, I think is one thing. But I think the other part is that uh, we were having our first services in this building and we're just so thankful for God's grace and God's faithfulness to us as a community and a community of people seeking the Lord and as a church over these years that people were people were very celebratory now we, there were also a lot of people who didn't come out and instead watched online and we actually encouraged that you know we said hey no pressure whatsoever if you are not ready to join us in person 
then we, we don't want you to feel pressured to do that. We want you to be safe and we respect you. And so what we did is we worked really hard for the past two weeks to get set up with, with like proper live streaming and uh, you know high quality sound and everything so that people who join online can still feel like they're getting the full experience, not like a second tier experience of being with us and being connected. And so that was what we did. And yeah, definitely we took a lot of precautions, you know, masks and we have hand sanitizer stations. We tried to create a touchless environment where, you know, you don't have to touch any door handles in order to navigate the space. And we have separate entrance and exit. Uh, we put a lot of time between our services, a little bit shorter services because we've got kids with us. So, you know, we shortened up the worship and we shortened up the teaching a little bit. And that was, it was great. I mean, honestly, I, I really don't feel like it was uh, a huge stretch for us to do any of those things. And I think that we accommodated well. So we didn't, we didn't require pre-registration as many churches are. Uh, what we just did is told people get here early. We have overflow rooms. And so uh, in the first service, we actually in both services, we utilized the overflow rooms. In the second service, um, we didn't actually need the overflow room, but we ended up using it anyway because there were families with small children and they were actually able to go in there and their, their kids had a little more freedom to move around the space and it worked out great. So it was really good. And, you know, I think there are some people who held off from joining us last week who will join us this week and we look forward to that and if if you would like to join us uh, you out there who are listening to this program we would love to have you come join us at Whitefields Community Church this Sunday bring your mask and we're going to social distance and we're going to we're going to seek the Lord and hear his word and give our hearts to him so join us this Sunday whitefieldschurch.com and in person at 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont, Colorado. Okay, let's go to our next caller, Gabriel in Fort Collins. Hi, Gabriel. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. Uh, hope you're having a good one. Yeah. What's up? Cool. Yeah, so I've been uh, going through the book of Acts. It's uh, actually a really cool book. Um, but I was wondering, uh, you know how it says a couple of times of every time that, um, that like, say, Paul or, uh, or Peter... Um, uh, like makes new disciples. It says like the the Holy Spirit came upon them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just wondering like what exactly that kind of looked like, like or like you know like in the modern day or you know on the day to day of like what what that kind of looks like when a holy when the Holy Spirit comes upon a person. Yeah. And uh, I also kind of wanted to add to that of uh, you know because it also says that they speak in tongues too. So I was mm-hmm. kind of wondering about that. Uh, yeah, but so like, there's what, three. What there's three instances in the book of Acts, where we read about new believers having the Holy Spirit come upon them. And um, what I love about it, what I find so intriguing, and and actually kind of makes me glad to see, is that none of the three times in which we see people have the Holy Spirit come upon them when they first get saved, none of the three are exactly the same. In other words, I think that God designed it that way, and inspired the text to be written that way so that we could not create a formula. Because isn't that our tendency, right? We, we want to be able to say, when the Holy Spirit comes upon a person, here are the three things that happen, and here's the order that they happen in. And if this doesn't happen to you, then, you know, something's wrong with you. That tends to be our, our human tendency. 
And I'm not trying to say that anybody's wrong for doing that. I'm just saying that that's how we are. But God says, you know, remember what Jesus said to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, where he said, the Holy Spirit's like the wind. I think about the wind. You, can you put the wind in a box? Can you hold it? Can you wrestle it to the ground? No, the wind goes, as Jesus said, wherever it wants. You can feel it. You can, you can see its power. Right? I'm looking out the window right now, and I see the power of the wind blowing these big trees. And yet I can't go outside and control the wind. It's outside of my control, and yet I see its power. I feel its effects. And so that's what Jesus said. So I, I think it's just brilliant, you know, uh, that God has written it in this way where we can't, I guess you'd say, codify it, right? We can't say this is how it always happens. Here are the three ways that it happens, and I'll have to look up the exact passages, but one, one is in Acts chapter 10, um, and then there's a few others. I'm trying to remember what they are. But here's what happens, is that in one case, people get saved, the Holy Spirit comes upon them. I remember another one's in Acts 16, by the way, or it might be 17. Uh, I'm going to have to look this up. Okay, so uh, here's what happens. The Holy Spirit comes upon them, they speak in tongues, and then they're baptized. In another case, the, they get saved, they're baptized, and then they, the Holy Spirit comes upon them and they speak in tongues. So these three things of like believing, speaking in tongues, and being baptized, in the three instances in the book of Acts, they happen in a different order. So what that tells us is a couple things. One of them is that being filled with the Holy Spirit, believing, and being baptized, these are all normative actions, meaning these are things that should happen and you should expect them to happen. And as far as, you know, pertains to you, you should believe, you should be baptized, and you should ask for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. Now, um, again, the order of those things is going to change. And what they look like, there's one case that I forgot to mention where in the book of Acts where it says that they believed and they were baptized, but we, and it says the Holy Spirit came upon them. I think this was the one in Philippi with the jailer. And yet it doesn't mention anything about speaking in tongues. So, your question, what does it look like today when the Holy Spirit comes upon us? And I assume what you mean is, what are the manifestations of that? Like the outward appearance? Is that what you're asking? Did I lose you? Well, um, I might have lost you, Gabriel, but uh, I can continue expounding on this. What does it look like in our lives? I will tell you this few things. One of the ones that always impresses me is in Acts chapter 4. And I see this in Acts chapter 2, but it's articulated in Acts chapter 4. And here's what it is. When the Holy Spirit comes upon people, we see that um, they are filled with boldness. So Peter, right? Remember, Peter is the guy who ran away from a little girl who asked him, aren't you one of Jesus' followers? And he said, no, I've never heard of the guy before. And he ran away with a little girl. And he hides because he's afraid that what they did to Jesus, they're going to do to him. That same Peter comes out in that same city where just a few days earlier he was afraid and hiding. And now Peter is filled with boldness and he goes out on that balcony and says to all those people on Pentecost, you know, God sent you the Messiah and you killed him, but you can be forgiven and if you repent and turn to the Lord. And he comes out and he's no longer afraid. And it says there in Acts 4 that when the Holy Spirit came upon them, this is where it's articulated, they were filled with boldness. And what's so interesting, when you hear Paul the Apostle in his letters, he asks uh, for them to pray for him. And he always asks for two things in regard to his anointing. He asks 
Number one, that he would be clear. And number two, that he would be bold. And so I would say that the anointing, the empowering, the coming upon of the Holy Spirit, the greatest manifestation of that in your life will be that you will see clarity and you will see boldness. But you'll also see, like we see in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, you're also going to see gifts of the Holy Spirit manifested. One of those gifts is speaking in tongues, but there are others as well. So, um, in the meantime, we've got 30 seconds to go until our break. So, I've got a few more thoughts, and I've got those verses. I found them. Um, but, let me tell you this. We've got uh, our mid-show break right now. We've got one open line, and we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call, 303-690-3000. You're listening to Calvary Live. We're praying for you. We're answering your questions about the Bible. We'll be right back in two minutes' time. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon and welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything going on in your life. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to pray for you, hopefully answer some of those questions you have. So give us a call. We've got one open line right now, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Let's go to our next caller, Brent in Loveland, Colorado. Hi, Brent. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Nick. How are you doing? Doing great. Um, I'm just calling. I'd like to get some prayer. Uh, um, I've been having some, some little health issues. Um, my potassium level in my blood's been high, so it's been kind of making me sick. And uh, I was on some blood pressure meds, and they told me to get off them because that kind of causes the potassium to go up. But I've been off them probably about a week now, and I'm still just not feeling too well. So I don't know, I just need prayer. Maybe God could just, you know, fix my potassium level in my blood. You know, I believe he can. Yeah. Well, let's pray for it. Heavenly Father, we lift Brent up to you and just... Along with everybody who's who's tuning in today and listening in, Lord, we just want to agree in prayer and ask in Jesus' name that you would correct this potassium level problem in Brent's blood. Lord, we pray that he would be well and healthy. Lord, we pray that he would even even now be starting to feel better. And Lord, that uh, you would correct this problem. We pray that the medicines would be effective and they would do what they're designed to do. But Lord, we know that Ultimately, our bodies are in your hands. And so, Lord, we ask that whether it's through this medicine or just plain supernaturally, Lord, please heal Brent's body and fix this potassium problem and the way that he feels in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank God you, bless sir. You, Brent. Thanks for tuning in. I'll uh, give you guys a call back with a update. Can't wait. That sounds All right. Good. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. We've got two open lines. Give us a call, 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000. Give us a call with your questions about the Bible, with your 
prayer requests. We'd love to hear for, from you and pray for you. I'm having a little bit of trouble today getting the text messages, but I would love for you to call in. So let's make that the primary way that we connect is the call in line, 303-690-3000. Let's go to our next caller, Mike in Westminster. Hi, Mike. Mike, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my question would be, so um, I guess to start off the question would be, Adam and Eve, what like race or or ethnicity were they? Do you believe would they be Jewish most likely? Um, well, no. I would say you Adam and Eve. I mean, I would say yeah. they were not Jewish, and I'll tell you why. Um, because okay. Judaism, I'm actually teaching on this a little bit this Sunday when I talk about how Solomon married foreign women. If you really look at it, I mean, look, the first Jews, so to say, were Abraham and Sarah, and they were okay. Chaldeans. So what God essentially did is that he took people who had a particular ethnicity, and I don't even think their ethnicity mattered. I think he just took these people, and he created a new nation. And that nation was not based on race. It was actually based on faith. And that's why, if you'll notice, throughout the, the scriptures, there are people who come into the Jewish nation uh, from other ethnicities, even people in Jesus' family line. And they're considered full-fledged Jews because, again, the Jewish nation, unlike other nations of the world, is not based on race. It's based on faith. And, of course, this is a picture for the people of God moving forward. That's a long answer to say, I don't think they were Jewish. I think that there was no such thing as race. These were just human beings at this point. Sure. So with that being said, you know, if, if all of us came from just two people— how did so many races develop out of that? Do you, like, is it just something that over time, you know, just so many people or Cause I mean, I feel like if there's two people that are the same race and then they have a, a kid then that would be the same race, you know, and it would kind of just continue down that line. But now, I mean, obviously we have so many different ethnicities and races. I just wonder how it got to that point if we all came from two people. And I believe we did only come from Adam and Eve. I'm not questioning that. It just was a question I was having yeah, in regards great, to how it branched out so far into different cultures and ethnicities. Mike, it's a great question. And, in fact, it's something that I've really been hoping to talk about. You know, with all the race stuff going on right now in society, we need to be talking about this a little bit more. Now, I don't know if you caught the program last week with um, Ed Taylor was interviewing uh, John Moreland, who is the head of the Colorado Baptists, also an African-American man here in Colorado. And they got in this question of, you know, is there, you know, some people would say there's only one race, the human race. And Ed asked John, do you agree with that? And John said, well, I'm not sure that I do. And they kind of moved on. Um, and I want to actually finish that thought that John had, because I know where he's going with that. And I think it's an absolutely brilliant point to make. It's a really important one and really honestly glorifying to God and and it's related to what you're asking so let me uh, just answer you real quick so um, we came from one one common ancestor right Adam and Eve and in fact many people who believe in evolution uh, also agree with that you know the the idea that we came from different ancestors and different people groups different races evolved separately that is an idea which led to a lot of really, really bad things in the 20th century. So, for example, there was this whole idea that uh, Jewish people, you know, were the Germans used to say this in Nazi Germany, that the Jewish people are mostly monkeys, right? And they would say black people are, you know, 
um, they even use these words for them to describe them as um, less than human. Now, when you believe that somebody else is less than human than you, it gives you permission in your mind, in some people's minds, to do things that are inhumane to them because they're treating them as animals. And uh, we as Christians and Bible believers, we have a theology which tells us no way, no way, right? But that's something that happened in the 20th century, particularly to Jews and to uh, Africans, but it, it happened to other nationalities as well. And um, what we have on our side is this incredible biblical theology that tells us, no, you came from common ancestors. And what's interesting is that modern science and kind of the science that's kind of always changing a little bit, right, and, and what they their consensus is, has really come around to say that point, to say, no, we reject the idea that different races evolved separately. We now believe, even in the evolutionary model, that people came from one common ancestor. And the way that works, by the way, with the skin tone is that, like, let's say you go to a place like um, the Middle East, right, where a lot of civilization derives from, where people have uh, a skin tone that has um, more color in it. So that if you start with that baseline, you can actually get the entire spectrum can can come out of that baseline of having that amount. So you can have, you know, you can go on the one hand to paler skin, you can go on the other hand to darker skin. So it's not really a big mystery how we can have that. Now what happened is, as you're saying, you know, people branched out um, and there was what we might call microevolution, right? So people had darker skin and they kept having children with people with darker skin and therefore, you know, it moved towards that end of the spectrum in some places and not in others. Now, how cultures developed, that's a whole thing about practices and, you know, what was considered normal. That's essentially what culture is, is what different people at different places and times consider normal. So to answer your question, it's just a matter of how things developed over time as people sure. spread out and they were isolated. Now, here's the point I wanted to make, though. One of the things that I find so fascinating is this idea that in the Bible, it says, let the nations be glad, let the earth rejoice. That's in the Psalms. It talks about that. And then if you look at that and if you look in the, the Greek, which is, you know, that was written in Hebrew, but it's also translated into Greek in the what's called the Septuagint, the Greek Old Testament. And the word there for nations is the word ethne, which is where we get our word ethnic. And so what it's saying is let all of the ethnicities of the world rejoice. And then if you go over to Revelation, you find that around the throne of God at the end of all things, it says there are people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. So three levels of division. You have language groups, then you have um, ethnic groups, and even within the ethnic groups, you have tribal groups. And what that describes is an incredible diversity, and yet they're unified around the throne of God. And what that tells me is that I believe, and this is kind of my point, kind of finishing John Moreland's thought from last week, is that diversity, racial diversity, is not opposed to God's plan. We should not actually try to wipe out racial diversity because it actually brings God so much glory that there's this incredible diversity that becomes unified in worshiping him. And I actually believe that um, that diversity as we see there in Revelation, that diversity will exist for eternity, and it actually brings God more glory. Sure. No, I appreciate that, and uh, and I'm I'm on the same page, you know, with you, and and uh, that you know, diversity is obviously a good thing; it's a blessing, and I would never um, think 
of anybody differently because of, of their skin color. I know this is like a super sensitive topic with everybody, but you know, for me as a Christian, it just boils down to the simple rule of treating others how you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I think you know that's kind of the you know I mean I don't want to get lost in the weeds or anything like that, um, but uh, you know that's kind of where I stand is just treat other everybody else as you'd want to be treated because I do believe that you know, we're all God's creation and we're all beautiful in his sight. and We all are meaningful. Um, my question was more just around the fact of how the race is developed. Wasn't as much of a, like a, um, common day question, yeah, sure. but I do appreciate you touching on that because of the culture or the atmosphere we live in now. For sure. Yeah. Love our neighbor as you love your neighbor as yourself. That's the second of the great commands. Right. And I think that we can do that. So, yeah, but as far as how they developed, I, I mean, I think it's a, it's, there's some really good stuff on answers in Genesis on this topic of how did we come from one common ancestor and how is that possible that people developed? And um, they have some really good stuff on mapping that out. So that might be something for you to explore. You said about, you know, and it's true, we're all one race, we're the human race. And, uh, and even, I know I've even heard things, um, I think it was on answers in Genesis where he talks about, you know, we all are a, tone of brown it's just a different you know darkness or lightness to that but there's actually like a what a 0.2 percent of a dna difference between us and stuff like that so right yeah well cool man praise the lord and thank god for the diversity that we have you know we're richer as a result of it for sure okay i appreciate that i thank you for your time all right bye-bye Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is a show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or things going on in your life or in society that you'd like to talk about from a biblical perspective. Or if there's a prayer request you have, we want to hear from you. Give us a call. One open line right now, 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000. Let's go to Jeff in Parker, Colorado. Hi, Jeff. Welcome to the program. Okay, we might have lost Jeff here. Okay, Jeff. Um, well, I can see Jeff's question, and so let's answer Jeff's question uh, anyway, even though he's not on the phone. And his question is this. He's been asked to do security work at a mosque. How should he feel about it? So, Jeff, my take on it would be you're having an opportunity to provide security for these people. And I think that you can do that as a way of serving God by serving those people. And, you know, it's a way for you to be a light. No one's asking you to go in there and worship their God or to compromise your faith. Uh, You're going there to provide a service for those people, those people who are created in the image of God, whom he knows and whom he loves. And I think that you can be God's hands and feet. And who knows, maybe through the relationships you build there, you'll get to shine the light of Jesus and maybe uh, God will use you in some way to minister to them and minister to their hearts. But I think that you can serve them um, even as a uh, security person providing safety for them. So I, I hope that answers your question. You know, one of the big things that um, one of the big things that Martin Luther taught is that, you know, he said, what is your calling in life? He said some people really can, you know, they they get so hung up on trying to figure out what's God's calling as if it's a mysterious thing that they can't know or that it has to be secretly revealed to them. He said, you know, I think that a lot of times 
what God's calling is on your life is to serve those whom he puts in front of you by doing the thing that is right in front of you. So sometimes, you know, that might be your job. In your job, you might be serving God and doing God's calling on your life by doing that job. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't have a different calling at some point. He can't call you to do something else. He very well may. But right now, your calling is to serve the person in front of you by doing the thing that God has placed in front of you. And he, he actually was one of the ones who encouraged us to use the word vocation. Now, we tend to use the word vocation kind of just as the same as occupation. Like, hey, what, what is your vocation? What's your occupation? We use them interchangeably. But in Latin, the word vocation is the word vocare, which means calling. And the reformers use this word as a way of saying that your job is not just what you do for money. Your job is a calling from God to love your neighbor and to serve God by loving your neighbor and serving your neighbor. And so he would say, you know, if you're a baker, the way that you serve God is by making bread. And as you make bread, that's not just making bread to get a paycheck. It's not just making bread because that's your job. You're actually being used by God to answer the prayer of so many people that says, give us this day our daily bread. And so he said, as you're doing your job, you're not just making bread. You are being used by God to answer prayers of people. And so I, I would just encourage you that um, there's a great way that you can serve God and serve those people. And I know that they have a different uh, faith than you do. But I would tell you this. Would you do security, let's say, at a, a secular place? Let's say, uh, you know, on a, let's say here's a strange example. But OK, let's go. NFL game that happens on a Sunday morning. Let's say you get the early game for the NFL. Would you do security for them? Well, these are all people who, instead of being at church, are going to an NFL game. Now, I'm not saying that that's wrong or, or anything like that. I'm just saying that um, if you would serve those people who are not loving and worshiping God in that moment, I think that it's okay for you to serve these people who don't know the Lord and yet you will have the opportunity through your job uh, to be in that situation and hopefully be salt and light. And I would encourage you as you go in, just pray, God, use me here. Open doors for me to talk about the about you. And I, I guarantee he will. I've, I've prayed that prayer many times and almost without fail, God has opened some door. So thanks for that question. Let's go to our next caller, Dave in Loveland, Colorado. Hi, Dave. Welcome to the program. Hey, how's it going, man? Going great. What's up? Hey, I was just calling in to see if <clears throat> we get some prayer going for the Native nations of our country that are seeing some pretty rough times right now, uh, specifically my Navajo brothers. Yeah. Down in the south here, 60% of that population is without running water or the correct sewage. Mm. Um, and then with the COVID-19 was just completely ravaged by that. Okay. Um, they're feeling very left out. And I'm seeing a very hardening of hearts in the 4% of Natives that are Christian, mm. finding it a hard time to stay that way. Okay. Are you Native yourself, or you just have a yes, heart sir. for Okay, cool. Well, let's pray for you. And, I'm, I, hey, I love the fact that you're advocating for your people. So that's cool. And um, glad, I, you know, you are a blessing to that nation as far as like a, a believer who's praying for them and lifting them up and, and bringing awareness. So keep doing that. That's really good. Let's pray for these native communities. Heavenly Father, we pray along with Dave 
uh, for these native communities, particularly the Navajo communities uh, here in the Four Corners region and into other states around us. Lord, we lift them up to you, just thinking about the poverty, thinking about the disease. And uh, Lord, we're, we're worried, we're concerned. And Lord, not just for their physical health, but Lord, we think about, as Dave's describing, just how these things have affected uh, their spirituality, even the, the believers among them having hardened hearts towards you. So Lord, we ask that you would do a great work. We ask that you would do a softening of hearts. Lord, there's only so much that we can do. Um, Lord, we're, we're called to speak your word. We're called to lift them up to you. But Lord, you, by your spirit, are able to soften hard hearts and break through walls that are built up against you. So Lord, I pray that you would bind the enemy in the way that he wants to deceive, the way that he wants to keep people in bondage. And Lord, we pray for the native communities uh, here in the United States, Lord, and particularly in our state, Lord, that you would, that there would be spiritual breakthrough among them. There would be revival and awakening, Lord, that the awakening would begin with those who are already believers and it would spread out into their entire community and that many people would come to know you. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, I God, appreciate it. God bless you, Dave. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air today. We have nine minutes left in our show. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, right now, the primary way we're doing this is through calls. I'll give you the text line as well in case any of you uh, prefer that option. But let's go ahead with the call-in number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. You can also text us at 720-336-0897. Uh, see that we have a call from somebody who didn't want to be on the air, but uh, she mentioned something in regard to our earlier call about race. And she mentioned uh, God dispersed people at the Tower of Babel. And that was that was a question, how did we get the people groups that we got? And that's a great point, Julie. Um, she said that, uh, yeah, don't forget Tower of Babel. That, that was a major you know, turning point, watershed moment in the creation of nations and the creation of languages. And so, yeah, as, as people went out from Babel, you know, the languages were changed. And as a result of the languages being changed, that caused more and more isolation of different people groups who you know, gathered around their, their languages. And of course, that led to the formation, you know, people uh, intermarrying, which of course leads to different variations in features of uh, you know, physical features, as well as skin tone, and it leads to different cultural practices. So perhaps, uh, you know, appreciate that call, Julie. Uh, you know, that's perhaps one of the most important watershed moments in the Bible. And, and the Bible, really, you know, the first 11 chapters of Genesis is what's sometimes called um, prehistory, protohistory. The idea is there that God is telling us, he's answering some of these big worldview questions. How did the world get to be the way it is? What's wrong with the world and what's the solution? And so we see there, uh, yeah, Genesis 11, verse 8, so the Lord scattered them abroad. But what's really interesting, too, is that even as those are, um, those are theological questions that are answered, I'm sorry, those are practical questions that are answered as far as why is the world the way it is? How did we get different cultures? How do we get things the way they are? There's also really important theological things that people, uh, that these um, verses tell us. 
And one of the things that's really stuck out to me as I've been studying this, you know, I'm part of the, um, I am part of the Expositors Collective, which is a group of pastors who do training of young people who feel called into ministry. So if that's any of you listening, check out our website, expositorscollective.com. And you can see some of our resources on there. We've got, we put out a weekly podcast, which if you're a podcast listener, definitely uh, search that up and, uh, and subscribe, Expositors Collective podcast. Uh, one of the things we do is that we do training weekends, so two-day training weekends all over the country. And one of the things we do is we teach people how to exposit the scriptures, but we put a big focus on remembering to exposit the scriptures uh, in light of who Jesus is and what the Bible says about him. And so one of the exercises that we do actually includes Genesis 11 and the Tower of Babel, and we ask the question, okay, how, how would you exposit exposit this text or expose the meaning of this text in a way that does it faithfully but also points to Jesus but really gets out the the meat and the meaning of this text and this has been one that I've really enjoyed uh, studying through because I kind of had one of those aha moments you know when you realize something you hadn't seen before and so hopefully I can help you guys do that too as we're waiting for any extra calls to come in before the end of the show. Again, the number, by the way, 303-690-3000. Here's the thing I want you to know, and, and then we'll go right to our next call, our last call, and that is this, that what you see in the Tower of Babel, you see that they build this tower that reaches to the heavens so that they won't be dispersed over all the earth, and so they'll make a name for themselves. Do you realize that that is what all of us are trying to do, isn't it? We're trying to protect ourselves. It says they covered the tower in pitch, which, by the way, is the same thing that Noah's Ark was covered in to make it waterproof. So what are they afraid of? They're afraid that God will judge the earth again with a flood, but they'll be able to climb up in their waterproof tower and not they'll escape the judgment of God. And they say, we'll make an identity for ourselves, and we'll protect ourselves, and we'll do all of this apart from God. And that is the human condition, right? That's what all of us do. We try to protect ourselves. We try to build an identity apart from God. And that's where we get into a lot of mess. So we see there at the Tower of Babel, that important theological lesson as well. Let's go to our next caller, last caller, Doris in Colorado Springs. Hi, Doris. Welcome to the program. Doris. Well, I can't hear you, Doris, but I see your question. And it was a good one. So I'm going to read it out and then I'll answer it. And that'll be the last question for the show. And that's this. How do you know that you're filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, Doris, I will tell you this. There are three relationships that the Bible describes of having the Holy Spirit. Uh, three relationships that a the person, sorry, I'll say this, not a believer, a person can have with the Holy Spirit. The first relationship is a with experience where the Holy Spirit is with you. And in this relationship, the Holy Spirit is convicting you of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Or you could just put it in simple terms, in this with relationship, the Holy Spirit is drawing you to surrender your life to Jesus, convicting you that you're a sinner who needs a Savior, and Jesus is the Savior who God has provided. So that's the with relationship. Now, the Holy Spirit is with many people, many of whom are not believers. Okay. Now, the next relationship is is the in relationship. The in relationship is a relationship that only belongs to believers. So when we read in the book of Acts chapter 2 that the Holy Spirit came upon them, um, we are reading about the upon relationship, which speaks of empowering, 
But we also see that at Pentecost, what's so important is that the Holy Spirit also filled them. So this is the first time where, as in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit is with people, and sometimes the Holy Spirit came upon people to empower them. Now in Acts chapter 2, we see the beginning of a new era where people can actually have the Holy Spirit within them. So who is the Holy Spirit within? The Holy Spirit is within all people who are believers in Jesus Christ. So you're going to look at First Corinthians, or sorry, Ephesians chapter one, which says that you were you received the Holy Spirit as a seal when you believed. Then you're going to look also at Romans chapter eight, uh, which says that if you are a believer, if you have believed, then you have the Holy Spirit in you. And if you do not have the Holy Spirit within you, then you are not you do not belong to God. So here's the answer to your question. It depends what we're talking about here. Are you talking about, do you know if the Holy Spirit is within you? Here's how you know. Do you believe and embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ? Do you trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? If so, God has placed his spirit within you to indwell you, and you have the Holy Spirit in you as a seal. Now, on the other hand, how do you know the Holy Spirit is upon you to empower you? Well, you see that through I think that's the same way. You, you trust in and ask for it, and then you see the manifestations of it in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, in the empowering of the Holy Spirit. But you remember what Jesus said in the Gospel of Luke, that our Father is a good Father, and when his children ask for uh, a piece of bread, he doesn't give them a stone. When they ask for something else, he doesn't give them a snake. No, when you ask for the Holy Spirit, he will give it to those who ask of him. Thank you for that great question. And I think that brings us right up to the end of our show. We did it, guys. Uh, Have a great weekend. You've been listening to Calvary Live. My name is Pastor Nick Cady, Whitefields Community Church. You can find us online at whitefieldschurch.com. You can also join us this weekend in person, 9 and 11 a.m., 2950 Colorful Avenue, Longmont, Colorado. God bless you. Have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.